Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, I'm Tom Butler. I'm Brendan Duffy. And I'm Tom Wheatley. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to the James Bond A to Z podcast. Join us as three lifelong 007 fans go on a journey of discovery. We're on a mission to discover everything we can about cinema's greatest spy films. By learning about the people who made them in front of the camera and behind. The James Bond A to Z podcast is in no way affiliated with James Bond Eon or the Fleming estate. We've researched each episode as extensively as we can, but our information does come from a range of sources. We do our best to make sure the information is accurate, but sometimes we can get it wrong. If you want to correct us on something or add some more detail, email us at podcast at jamesbondatoz.co.uk. Hello, you are listening to the James Bond A to Z podcast, and on this episode, we're going off script going off the A to Z entirely. It's a break from our usual uh, routine uh, because we've decided to do a special episode looking ahead at the release of No Time to Die. My name is Tom Butler and as fate draws us back together, I'm joined by a man with a license to kill, a history of violence. I could be speaking to my own reflection. It's Mr. Brendan Duffy. Hello. And a man with a secret that we just haven't got to yet. It's Tom Wheatley. Hello? <laughs> Are these related to No Time to Die? I was trying to work this out. Yeah, they, you've seen the trailers right, for No Time to Die, right? Okay, so they're, they're kind of like mini spoilers. Well, not, not quite. But yeah, so we're taking a break from our usual routine here because it looks like No Time to Die, the 25th James Bond film, will be released here in the UK on the 30th of September, North America on the 8th of October, and then Australia on the 11th of November. So... We are hopping aboard the hype train for Bond 25. So we're just going to be having an off script chat about our expectations for the film. We'll be talking a bit about what we're hoping for from the plot. Talk about some of the characters, the locations, and we'll look at the some of the marketing that's been done for the film so far. We will be probably doing another episode about the film once we've seen it closer to release around the US release date. So make sure you come back for that one as well. Uh, we will try to keep this episode as spoiler-free as possible, but obviously if you are sensitive about spoilers, 
uh, feel free to skip this episode until next week or go back and listen to a Daniel Craig episode or whatever. But for now, let's hop into our flying submarines, <laughs> gliders, and, and dive in. All right, before, before we start going into No Time to Die, let's just clear something up. I don't know anything about No Time to Die. I've not been reading any articles on it. I've not been researching the characters or anything like that. I've been trying to keep it pretty clear. Are you both in that same position? Are you both coming to it new or have you been reading as much as you can about it? I've personally been similar to you, really. Just letting it tick over in the background, knowing that at some point it will come out and uh, and I'll see it. But yeah, I haven't been intrinsically looking at it, no. Go on then, Butler, we're looking at you here. Yeah. Well, I've read everything there is to, to, <laughs> to know about No Time to Die. <laughs> I mean, I've been covering this story since the film was announced way back when. Um, and so every little morsel of information about this film, I've hoovered up. I don't, I wouldn't say I've like tried to spoil the film for myself, but, um, you know, my line of work, I have to know about this stuff. And um, mm-hmm. so I probably know as much as there is to know. I've, I've tried to avoid trying to figure out what the plot of the film is. I know some of the basic details of it, but I've tried to avoid some of the sort of more salacious tabloidy type gossip around the film and like what it's about, just because I think you're doing yourself a disservice uh, by by doing that. But yeah, I'm I'm fully invested in No Time Tonight. I'm so excited for it to finally come out. It's like waiting for Christmas Day now, isn't it? You've seen the present under the tree. You're just waiting to unwrap it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So for the for the duration of this podcast, try as hard as possible not to tell me and Brendan anything that will massively change our view of the film. Okay. I will try and predict <laughs> what is going to change our view of the film and not say it. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, for people listening at home, I mean, um, or wherever you are, we don't want to spoil it for you. We don't want to spoil it for anyone. Um, we want everyone to go in and see this film like we do, full of an, an anticipation and excitement and uh, not have what people have said on the internet sour the experience so uh, yeah we'll try and be as spoiler free as possible and do we think it is going to be released on the 30th of September how confident are we are that that's going to happen at this point well it's the closest we've got to it being released um, and I think this time there is no putting the genie back into the bottle I think Eon has pulled the trigger on this film because you've seen over the last few weeks um, specifically even since those two trailers dropped all the brands that are associated with James Bond have started to share their marketing campaigns for their products there seems to be a new product every single day with this brand association uh, appearing online there's just so much going on yeah I think we're past the point of no return now I mean it's it's, it's becoming the they're getting to the point where if they hold it off again it's just going to start losing a ridiculous amount of money isn't it and I, I, to be honest, I, I'd be very surprised if it didn't hit the release date. America's a bit of a question mark at the moment in terms of the cinemas and stuff like that, but I'd, I'd be very surprised if it didn't happen on the 30th. Yeah, there's a yeah. sense of uh, spring awakening. Everything, like you say, that everyone's waking up and it's in full full steam for the for the marketing yeah. train. Yeah, it's yeah. like um, I saw AJ Chowdhury, you know, the author of uh, Some Kind of Hero. He was talking about being at the launch of the... Um, Corgi installation at Battersea Power Station. Did you see that? The DB5, yeah, the continuation fantastic. DB5. Yeah, in the, in the original box packaging. 
and he and the way he captioned it was he said sure leave for Bond fans is cancelled this is it this is the final stretch we're on the final final four weeks now of um, anticipation for the film I guess at this stage for like what you were just saying Wheatley it's it's now trying to keep a lid on all the information that's coming out and like how much can you suppress of taking in all this information so that when you go see the film itself it does still feel fresh because yeah. of two years of build up pretty much it's um yeah there's a lot to to take in and 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 like even little things like i saw the other day that the the south korean website for the film had uploaded loads of character information and it was like huge plot points in there or at least it seemed to be suggestions of huge plot points so it's when things like that keep happening and it's whether or not something massive comes out of this stage that you know a tabloid will leap on that uh, that could really spoil it for everyone but uh, let's hope not yeah so talking about the trailers we had two new trailers the other day international trailer and a US trailer what did you think fantastic way to it personally got me excited instantly I thought it was a great mix of action just enough intrigue um, yeah especially after this massive delay it was the just the right amount of content to get get the juices flowing. Yeah, I loved them. I um I I didn't really like the the first few trailers that were re- released over the last couple of years. They felt a little bit like quantum for me. Um, the earlier trailers, just lots of action all thrown into a trailer. These trailers seem a little bit more in depth. You get to see a bit more about some of the new characters. I like the fact that one of them, I think, I don't think both of them start with it, but one of them starts with like a, the Bond theme tune, kind of playing lightly in the background, which is really important factor, which was missing from one of the, the earlier the, tra- the early trailers. But yeah, I, I actually, there's the first time I've seen a No Time to Die trailer and got excited, I think. So um, I think they did a great job. I'm surprised they held it back for that long, that, those, those trailers. It's fantastic editing on them. Yeah, the US one I thought was very interesting in that it, it sort of plays on the legacy of the last four Daniel Craig films. They really played up that sort of this is a continuing story and this is the culmination of those those stories so far. And it made me think, like, why is that the approach in America but not here uh, hmm. or, or not, not in the rest of the world? And I wonder whether it's something to maybe the films don't perform as well in the US domestic as they do internationally so they're really sort of having to play that aspect of it up like give it an end game type flavour you know this is mm. you can't miss the ending of this incredible saga that's been going on for, for how long but yeah. yeah I thought it was interesting that they hardly showed anything of Quantum of Solace I think the only thing they showed from Quantum of Solace was a bit from the teaser trailer that wasn't even in Quantum of Solace yeah but um, no it looks great and uh, there's a lot of incredible scenery and and sets that they've got in that it, it looks amazing but I was a bit scared when I saw all of the different scenes because it reminded me of Spectre because that that the trailer for that was very similar just showing off all of the amazing mm. scenes but that's not enough I want to see bits about characters and stuff and I think they've done that I think they've focused enough on the characters and the storyline to make it an interesting proposition yeah I think um also as well this they seem doesn't seem to be a sense too much of it being James Bond being past it you know being like you know as they played up a lot more in Skyfall and Spectre I mean we've only seen a few minutes of the film in the trailers right but it doesn't it seems like a James Bond although he has retired 
it does seem like a James Bond at the height of his uh, ability. Yeah, he seems a bit younger. Yeah. He seems a bit younger than he did Inspector. Yeah, he definitely seems to be a lot more action uh, in mm. this, uh, possibly. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but good to hear some of Hans Zimmer's score. I thought it sounded really interesting in, in the trailers. Yeah, fantastic. Um, I'm really. Is the soundtrack out yet or not? No, but you can read the track listing. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Which has interesting clues towards what the story could be right okay or at least like a rough plotting but then you don't know from these things like they they do often name the titles of the songs and the tracks cryptically i mean on, yeah. on purpose yeah do you remember uh, do you remember when the phantom menace soundtrack came out before the film came out no <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not so they released the Phantom Menace soundtrack listing or or even just the whole soundtrack before. And one of the tracks was Qui-Gon's Funeral. Mm. So obviously they were marketing this film as Qui-Gon Jinn, like Liam Neeson being yeah. the main Jedi. And then they had like his funeral as one of the tracks on the album, which completely gave like a massive yeah. point away. Um, well, normally the Bond ones are pretty open to suggest. You look at the Tomorrow Never Dies one, they're always like Backseat Driver jumping the fence that's not, that's not one I can't think of another one I only know backseat driver but they're all they're all just like general terms it doesn't actually mean anything that's but I, I mean we've not actually talked about this in uh, we haven't talked about No Time to Die at all really have we but um, the Hans, Hans Zimmer scoring the movie for me when it was announced I was quite excited about it I think he's a very good uh, composer I know he's got his methods I think he does it the, the way he does it he's sometimes not as hands on as other composers but Surely with Bond, he's, he's given it a lot of attention, right? You'd hope. Well, the only thing with Han, the, the situation with Hans Zimmer, again, we're not trying to give too much away, but he came onto it very late. I don't know if you remember this, mm. mm-hmm. but it was very late in the day that Hans Zimmer came on um, as, produ- uh, as the composer for the, for the um, soundtrack. But in an interview that he did, he said that, you know, it's something that he's always dreamed of doing. But he does work with a lot of other composers on his stuff, so it's very much yeah. a, a Hans Zimmer joint, but like works with other composers to do some of the work. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think it's he, he is a, he does have a distinctive sound. Let's just put yeah. it that way. Yeah. Um, and possibly a more interesting sound than Thomas Newman. Um, mm-hmm. Possibly. Yeah. Um, well, I was impressed when they released because they released the thirty seconds gun barrel music, didn't they, last year? Yeah, and I, and I thought that was good. I thought there was enough of what Hans Zimmer's good at in there as well. A nice flavour of what his uh, his Bond theme will be like. And he's worked with Johnny Marr of the Smiths fame on it. Mm. Mm. Lovely. Okay. I think he's done the Vic Flick guitar stuff on the yeah. on the, okay. on the yeah on the theme song. Because I think didn't he perform it at the Brits with Billie Eilish? Yeah, it was Johnny yeah. Marr, Hans Zimmer. Wheatley shaking his head. This is all way too modern music for you, isn't it? I've avoided <laughs> anything to do with this film since it was first mentioned. So, you, but you've heard uh, the theme tune, yes, and, on Spotify, and, yeah. and I love it. That's I'm actually going to mention that later on. Okay, but uh, yeah. it's not it's not for this bit. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> so, what from what you've seen so far? What scene are you most hyped about seeing properly? Do you want to go first, Brendan? 
I mean, there's not too many no, I'm gonna, that we've I'm seen. I'm going to get slated, aren't I? Because I'm going to say Blofeld. <laughs> and then no, just, just, crying <laughs> despite what we said, I just... Well, I the just, scene that's most likely to annoy you. <laughs> that's probably why. It's probably why I want to see yeah. it, isn't it? Thrive on it. Um, I think it's just hope more than anything. I just hope that they've managed to rescue it, the character. Oh, it's such a... Yeah. I don't want to be too negative on this, on this podcast because I'm very excited to see how they get out of this but yeah I hope they do something interesting with it after the revelations of the last film mm. um, but I wonder if he's going to have like a Hannibal Lecter type influence on the film that's what they're sort of playing up to in the trailers right um, yeah Bond turning to I think it's his enemy it, it's such a mistake to to try and redeem the, the the factor from the last film that disappointed so many people it's obviously a, a big temptation to do that because you've got this amazing villain from the Bond series and you want it you want to end this whole story arc with an amazing reference to Blofeld but it's such a risk they could have just left it and just focused on the other stuff so I'm a bit worried about that bit that's probably the, the main scene that I'm worried about I wonder if they'd left if it hadn't been leaked by the mail that Christoph Waltz was in the film whether we would have found out by now that Blofeld was even in the film um, mm-hmm. because I think that would have been an amazing surprise if you'd gone yeah. to the cinema and not known that he was in it. That could have been a way of making it a bit more interesting, but we know he's in it now, yeah. right? It, he was in the very, very well, first it, it certainly hasn't helped it. If you hadn't have shown Blofeld in any of the trailers or nobody knew about it, and then he was thrown into the the, the, the story as a surprise, I think that would work quite well throwing him into the trailers and stuff knowing that he was a disappointment in Spectre is actually a bit of a counterproductive I think it, it worries me more than if I didn't if I knew he wasn't in it yeah. or if I thought he wasn't in it yeah that's a good point but I think that's why I'm excited because it, it, you know if you put it in there it's got to be good so for me I'm thinking they've got something good at you, hope, you hope it's I'm, good. I hope yeah you hope okay good well I, I'm going for I'm going for balls to the wall action I think the Aston Martin car chase scene. I just think that looks fantastic and I'm hoping it's going to be like a proper old school Bond car chase that's really, it looks great. That's what, I, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, because the, the, uh, the DB5 hasn't been used uh, as, a, as a, like an actual, you know, in a chase properly since Thunderball. Be- yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because it was obviously there was a race in GoldenEye. It was in Skyfall, and it was driven yeah. and it was used very lightly as a, as a like a, as a gadget car. But this is the first time it will be used properly, and obviously with the modern effects that we've got now, yeah, yeah. it's going to be. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see that. Where's the um? What's the location? I was trying to find it out. What's the location of that car chase? Italy, Where is it? Italy, Matera. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So the scene I'm excited for is has only just recently been revealed in the trailers and that's um it's it's the bit after Bond and Nomi uh wherever they go in their glider submarine and wherever they arrive it seems like they're infiltrating some sort of base and that to me just seems classic Bond. So I'm really excited to see that. There's obviously echoes of um Spy Who Loved Me there, mm-hmm. um, echoes of Doctor No. So I just, yeah, I, it feels very sort of classical Bond. So that's what I'm really, really excited for. And 
also the pre-title sequence which i don't want to spoil too much about for you two but i'm intrigued to see what that is like hmm very ominous so um talking about i was talking about the promotions earlier and, and the sort of the tie-in promotions have you have you guys been following any of that at all no nope. not really no no <laughs> nothing apart from the I probably have i've just not really paid attention to it. the aston martin in in the in the box yeah, I just found out yesterday after going to visit my father-in-law that he's got one of the Triumph motorbikes from the film. Not that's been used in the film, but the model that they're promoting for the film. Ah. Which I was quite excited to see. Did, um, you, did you take it? No, no. <laughs> but the car stuff, I always find the car stuff exciting. When they launch the, the Aston Martins and the Land Rovers and the motorbikes, I love all that stuff because they often get their own like promotional videos and all that sort of stuff but there's a really good dhl advert i don't know if you've seen that uh, the official no delivery company of no time to die <laughs> exactly exactly that's got the db5 <laughs> in it um but i imagine we'll be getting more as 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 the weeks go on and the, the other tie-in promotion I'm, I'm excited for is the podcast which they're relaunching mm. rivals i'm not i, I i've <laughs> I'm not sure about this podcast because what do we get two episodes of it before? We got a trailer in an episode and they're re-editing the first episode and relaunching it. I, I, I watched the trailer for the new one, the new re- release of it earlier and um, one of the interesting things that he says on it is, uh, he says it like in a positive way. It's a quote from um, Daniel Craig and he says, yeah, it was so like high paced. We were constantly rewriting the script as it was going along. And I, in my head, I thought that's not a good thing. That's any Bond film that's had an issue in the past. That's the pro- that's been the problem with it. So don't bring that up as like a good thing. Keep that quiet. That's true. That's true. I don't know. It'll be a very sanitized version of what what the filmmaking process is like. But it'll be the closest we'll get to a making of book before that making of book gets out. Right. So yeah, hmm. I'm yeah. excited. Apparently, it's going to be the first place you can hear some of the Hans Zimmer score properly. So. Um, for that reason, I think that's going to be good. But I thought that trailer they did for the podcast was really good. It had lots of really good behind-the-scenes stuff. Oh, it's nice. They obviously put a lot of effort into it. I just picked up on that one bit, and it's, it's it just alarm bells rang. Because <laughs> like, you could have said the same thing about Quantum. <laughs> that's not a good thing. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. In fact, there's many Bond films that you, they could say that about, right? Yeah. Were- well, this is the difference between uh, you and me, Butler. I, you're watching all this stuff and seeing all these things and seeing all the positives and going, it's going to be amazing. I'm just looking for alarm bells all the way going, oh, no, don't like that. Oh, that's a problem. That's going to be bad. You've had your fingers um, burnt too, too many times. Yeah, constantly. Yeah. But I like, I'm, I'm, very, I'm welcoming being surprised by it. If I walk out of that cinema and I'm surprised and I've, all of my cynicism has been uh, all for naught, then I will be happy, very happy. Uh, one thing I'm not that excited about is the runtime. <laughs> no, that's true. Is it, is it 2.50... I think Three? it's less than that. I think it's like two hours forty something. Two forty seven. Yeah. Yeah. They should have a hard two hour limit on a Bond film. Yeah. It's hard to know what will justify that length. Mm. Particularly after Spectre felt for so long as well. I know they're talking about wrapping up a lot of loose ends in this film, but um I dunno. If it's good if it's good enough, then like, you know, you'll want to watch it for hours, right? Yeah, and it That's won't even thing. feel like that long if it's if it's good, will it? It'll roll it'll rock it along, especially if it's no. got enough action to there, to you know, and pace. There's that concern these days, isn't there, that in the olden days film costs so much money, just being able to do you know, record everything costed a lot of money. Nowadays it's not quite the same issue because it's all digital and things like that. So you can put a lot more stuff into films than you could previously. 
but it also this is the last film of the Craig era. The last, it's probably the most important series of Bond films for thirty years or something because it re- reinvigorated the whole of the franchise and it's changed how that how it all works and it's got new producers and all this kind of stuff. So there's sort of a bit of a concern about it that they might go too far. Like they might just get completely gushing, throw everything at it, say, oh, I've got another idea. This is amazing. And it just becomes too much. Yeah, yeah. The, the, that, that is the problem with digital, like you say. You know, you don't have to be frugal anymore. You just shoot everything. No. Yeah. Yeah. And, and ideas so- ideas that in the past would have gone, you know, go, oh, we, do we need that? Now, cut it, now it cut just it. gets shot. Cut it. And it yeah. 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 And there's that fear now that it's the last Craig one. It's the last film that a lot of these people are probably going to do. Let's, let's, let's just throw all the ideas they've had over all of the last 10 years or so into this one thing and just make it amazing. But it won't make it amazing. It'll make it too long and too convoluted and complicated. But that's me being pessimistic. Butler's probably going to say that's amazing and he wants all the ideas. No, no, not necessarily. But some of my favourite movies, are, well, like Apocalypse Now is one of my favourite movies of all time. That's a three hour long movie. Uh, and it, Yeah, uh, but there's a difference between Apocalypse Now and a Bond film. It didn't have four films before it though, did it? No, yeah. that's true. That's true. But, you know, all I'm saying is a long film is is never too long if it's if it's if it earns its runtime. Yeah. Like how long was Absolutely. Blade Runner 2049? That was a long film. Did that earn its runtime? I think so. I don't think I finished it. <laughs> yeah, I think I got halfway through it. I wasn't a fan of that film. I think that was Could, one, should have been an hour and a half. one to see in the cinema, definitely. But saying that, like the two hour 43 or whatever minute runtime, does that is that going to limit the amount of times people go to see the film? Because for me, like I'll go, as, uh, if I really like a film, I'll really hype for it and it's two hours long, then I won't, I won't feel like too bad about going to see it a few times but when it's pushing three hours that is a big chunk of time isn't it yeah as you say the time isn't the the most important factor if it's amazing the time can be overlooked you enjoy it but if it's not great probably not going to spend three hours watching it again that's true let's talk if it's an hour and ten minutes you're happy I'll watch it again it's fine as long as you've got a Cineworld card yeah talking of let's talk about the film specifically then um uh, obviously, there's a whole bunch of characters in the film, but in terms of the new characters, who have you got your eye on, in t- in, and, and who you're most excited to see in action? It's one one man for me, isn't it? I, Go on. I can't wait to see Remy Malik and see what he does. Really? Yeah, I just think in the trailer, it, it, I just I was like, yeah, let's let's see what he's done. I've loved him in everything I've seen him in before, so I have no reason to think that I'm not going to like him in this. Hmm. I well, when it comes down to Remy Malik, I'm, I am excited about seeing them. But from the trailers, I have a concern that he's a little bit over the top, which is my. <laughs> I'm worried that he's going to become a bit ridiculous. You either you, uh, every time I speak to you about Bond films, you either want pantomime or you don't want pantomime. But I don't think you can yeah. ever really make your mind up. Time and a place, time and a place. But I think. <laughs> This time and place, I'm worried he's going to be like Blofeld in Spectre, and he's just daft. Every every scene I've seen of him, he he just he looks very over the top. He looks good. I'm just there's a fear in me that it's too much. I thought Blofeld in Spectre was was fine. The only thing I didn't like about Blofeld in Spectre was that link to James Bond and his mm-hmm. family. Like, 
I thought Christoph Waltz did a good... I, I thought he was a bit much. I just thought he was a little bit too dramatic. What about Charles Gray's version? That... Fantastic. Spot on. <laughs> Down to earth. Clear. <laughs> believable. I think the worst fear... If Christopher is... Waltz walks out in a perm wig, in a dress, I'll be happy with that. I take that. I think the worst fear is is that Safin, uh, Rami Malek's character, is somewhere in like the, the Dominic Green region of Quantum of Solace. Just someone that doesn't mm. have the presence or you know that would that would be my worst fear but we've seen mm. so little of him we don't we know very little about his plan um, that's probably why i'm uh, looking forward to it so much yeah mm. um well and i'm looking forward to nomi Lashana lynch yes just because i think she is from what i i, I think she looks like the first Maybe like uh, Wei Lin, um, but better, like an actual good female super spy that works with Bond. From the trailers, she looks like she does the job. And I'm hoping she's going to do it till the end of the film. She doesn't look like the sort of um, character that's going to turn into a screaming woman in a bikini on a boat at the end. It doesn't feel like there's going to be a romantic element between her and Bond, I don't think. Mm. Um, And also, from what I understand, Phoebe Waller-Bridge... Uh, who was brought in to beef up the, some of the dialogue on the on the script was specifically brought in to work on the female characters. Yeah, I think she looks great. I think she is for me as well the most exciting character that I'm looking forward to seeing in the film because I think Anna, Anna de Armas. I think her character's not going to be in it for very long. I think she's going to be in a few scenes. Yeah, um, I don't. She, she look, I like Anna de Armas, but I, it just she doesn't excite me as a character in it. She doesn't look particularly integral. Bit of fighting. But she's not like the uh, Lashana Lynch. No. And what about the old characters of the returning cast who you're looking um, forward to seeing? Probably, probably Money Penny. Interesting. I've, I've enjo- oh, yes. I've, I've enjoyed. Oh, her, yes. I've enjoyed her her growth since she was first introduced. Um, I just think. I just think. She, yeah, she's just really good. It's a really good uh, take on the character of Money Penny. You know, I like the little conversation she has with um, Nomi in the in the new trailer, where they're kind of making fun of Bond, but they're just both sort of grumbling about him, which I think works really well. Yeah, it's a it's a nice little context of him because obviously she's a double O agent as well, so she treats him like she treats Bond. Yeah, yeah. Who who's a double O agent as well? What um, Nomi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be imagine if there'd been a double a female double O agent in the time of Lois Maxwell. What Lois Maxwell would have made of uh, <laughs> would have made of her? Yeah, it'd be completely different, wouldn't it? Yeah. What well, is it? Is it? Who's the one in? Um, oh, the man with the golden gun. Is it? Go, is it good? Good night. Brit Eklund. Is it? Is good Ma- night. Is she, Mary Good night. She's a secret agent, isn't she? She's an agent. She's not double O. No. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see Money Penny. I just hope she gets something interesting to do because she was really interested in Skyfall. Mm, yeah. Slightly sideline Inspector. Obviously, I think we got more of Q, didn't we, Inspector, than we had done so far. Because of the plot, wasn't yep. it? Because yeah. it, it relied on, on him heavily yeah. for the plot points. She doesn't seem to have a lot in the trailers from what I've seen. No. Um, obviously, for me, Tanner all the way. <laughs> Mods. I've got Tanner written down here. Ask Butler about Tanner. <laughs> Pathetic. 
Rory uh, Kinnear just yeah just it's two hours and 40 minutes of just Rory Kinnear just uh, you'd be happy with business. that yeah I'll, I'll watch that hmm. <laughs> uh, no I mean who knows what Tanner's going to have to do in this film um, but I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing M you know it seems like he's got more of a traditional M role in this film than the other ones you know he's got those briefing scenes with Bond which uh, yeah I, they're really enjoyable aren't they but I guess the, my, my most exciting returning character, I think, is the um, Timothy Dalton, Aston Martin. Bit of a, bit of a cheat there. Yeah. Massive cheat. It's not a character. Not so, a character. Yeah. <laughs> how many cuts? How many cu- is your five, four, four Aston Martins or five in this one? So there's the DB5. There's the, uh, the Vantage, the Timothy Dalton Vantage. There's the v- Valhalla, which is the electric one. Yeah. yeah. And is there a fourth one? Yeah, I think there is a fourth one. I can't think what it was. Um, is it a, so what is he just going to be like driving along and then oh that's right it flat no i've got to change my car now nomi's got i'm gonna go the vantage nomi's got yeah. a uh a brand new aston mine that she drives uh, as well a, a, like a db yeah. yeah yeah and then we've got like the triumph motorbikes and the land rovers and all that sort of stuff but yeah i'm looking forward to seeing dalton's uh yeah i don't know there's that well again i don't want to give too much away but there is a shot of him pulling a dust sheet off it so i imagine after the db5 gets completely shot up he'll have to turn to another car of his and it'll be that's where the the, the, the vantage comes in. Yeah. Um, hmm. So... Uh, I I tell you who I'm not excited about in this film. Go on. Madeline Swan. <laughs> right. <laughs> not looking forward to that character. I think that character is going to become quite boring in this one. I wasn't a massive fan of her in Spectre, but just just doesn't seem... I've, from the scenes that I've seen, it just doesn't look very interesting. But she's going to be integral to the plot, surely, in some way. Yes, you think, yeah. But I just, I don't know. I've, I've been playing Death Stranding recently. Have you heard of Death Stranding? I've heard of it. Big, big game made by the guy who did um, Metal Gear Solid, and she's one of the main characters. And she plays the same character as Madeline Swan in the game as well. And it just becomes a bit laborious. I'm a bit worried that it's going to be more of Spectre. There's not going to be any depth to the character. Interesting. Well, well, they might they might end up adding adding more to the character because I agree in terms of her character inspector. I was a bit underwhelmed. It was a bit sort of bare bones, but hopefully yeah. they've they've padded padded her character out. I, I, the problem I have with it is that obviously by the end of the film he kind of falls in love with her and he's chosen her as he's leaving their service. He's going to live with her. He didn't have any sort of a rapport no. she did with Vesper. Mm-hmm. In, in in Casino Royale that he had with, um, with Madeline Swan and it just didn't seem right I was like really you're going to end up with this quite she's not very happy all the time I've not once seen her happy and you're going to give up the, your career to go away with her so I, I, it just worries me they're trying to turn her into a bit of a Vesper but I don't think she is well she's she's got a secret that's going to come out so uh, hmm. we'll see she's Doctor No she's Doctor No <laughs> <laughs> she's Octopussy <laughs> <laughs> okay so bond staples let's let's talk all of those things that you expect from a bond film what are you most excited for is it the cars is it the pre-title sequence is it the titles is it the music is it the gadgets what is it that you're most excited about in this film uh i'm looking forward to seeing billy eilish's song with the titles sequence yes i've got that written down yeah that's that's a big one i reckon they could do an amazing job with that 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 song 
because I think that song is an all-timer. I do genuinely think that's a great Bond theme. I've tried mm. not to listen to it too much since it came out yeah. because I don't want to spoil it for me. But um, yeah, I just oh. I re- it's 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 just something that's always always good in every James Bond film, even when it's bad. It's good. <laughs> it's like yeah. pizza. I that, it's almost like that song. If you don't do the song justice with the titles, like it, they've got the song, they've had the song for two years now. Mm. To make an amazing title sequence with that music, it's it's almost a no-brainer, isn't it? You just throw everything at it and make it amazing. So if it's not good, I'm going to be so annoyed because we've had that song for so long as well. And it, every, people still love it. I'm not bored of that song already. Yeah, I think that the song is excellent. And unlike you, Butler, I have played it to death, but I'm, I'm still fond of it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. mine my answer would probably be the same those titles with the song I think it, if they get it right it could be w- one of the all time greatest you know mm. together yeah if there's a CGI gun barrel and a gun a, a bullet fires through it <laughs> are you walking and out and the scorpi- CGI scorpions I'm turning off I'm getting out of that cinema I'm not doing two, two hours and 40 minutes of that but what if the scorpions tap their feet in time with the music yeah so what well, who's will Billy Eilish have a Sigmund Freud um <laughs> <laughs> Add it on top of it. But did you not know them? Just as like a callback. Well, this is a, a spoiler for you. Then Madonna's done a remix, okay? And that's the one that's going to play. But they thought the song was too God, old. Imagine. Madonna's done a remix. Uh, I, I tell uh, you what, I tell you what, if if like I'm thinking of the No Time to Die as like a great film and like they're trying to write this amazing story to it and it's the end of an amazing arc and all this sort of stuff. I'd love it. That the other, they could go the other way and I'd be equally as impressed if they do it this way. Just fill it with stupid stuff constantly like he's on a he runs across crocodiles Sigmund <laughs> Freud gets mentioned it's like just a parody of everything that's ever been in the past I'd be happy I'd take that right I don't want it in the middle do you, do you, no you don't you either want ridiculous pantomime or, or straight yeah. lace don't you yeah and yet you don't like Diamond, uh, Die Another Day yeah oh, spoilers because that episode's not come out yet um <laughs> I don't think it's a big spoiler. I think people could probably guess that I don't like Die Another Day. Um, but yeah, I'll take it f- fully stupid or really serious. Die Another Day sits in the middle. That's that's You've actually answered my dislike of pantomimes because I don't want it in the middle. I want them to make a choice. Make a bit of pantomime, make it stupid, uh, make it serious. Wow, yeah. that's a lot to take in. Okay. Um, well, you didn't like License mm. to Kill either, so you know it you, you holds no water. You're, you, you've talked too serious. Tell me that. No, that is a bit yeah. funny as well, isn't it? <laughs> no, like, it's I need to write pantomime. I need, I need to write some rules down for this. <laughs> you do, yeah. <laughs> we've mentioned. Did I say ca- I didn't like License to Kill? We've mentioned yeah. the cars, but I am very excited to see the cars in action in this film. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's got some good ones. I think the Valhalla doesn't feature too much. But I'd love to see. Um, I wonder if uh, the the Vantage, uh, the V8 has got the ski still attached to the side. I wonder if they'll come into play. Um, That'd be a nice. Well, nod. This is what I'm a bit worried about, especially when it comes to the gadgets. I don't want them to do pointless callbacks. They shouldn't do that in this film, I don't think. Not even a watch. You can have, well, it, it watch is fine. But if you start talking about things that you're not really going to use, like if he goes, oh, I've got a, zip line that comes off of it or whatever like a I can't remember what he had on this watch he uses he it he uses his watch for what in every, every film he's got a watch gadget he uses it yeah but I don't want him to call back an old <laughs> an old thing it did and then go oh I've got your watch here that does that from like 1970 which obviously would be useless now wow 
Um, there's a there's a fear for me that they're going to reference old Bond films like they did in but, Die Another Day. They do for no reason. But they reference old Bond films in every single Bond films. It's just yeah, but they, yeah, but you do it in a a, a, like a a smart way. You can reference them as like historical things, but not sh- like just go oh here's the jetpack, here's the thing, here's the other stuff, just to show off that, that it's an old Bond film. You don't need that. People know those things. You don't need to do a callback. What about it. if Daniel Craig's got the watch and he pulls pulls it out and there's a wire, but no one says anything and he winks at the screen? Would you be happy with that? Yes. <laughs> I, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. I'd love it if he had um, a watch and... Do you know, remember the little ticker tape thing that came out? The little yeah. uh, like plastic <laughs> thing. I'd love it if that... It, that did it and then somebody said what are you doing there and he's like oh it's an old watch <laughs> I, I we maybe we need to get uh, John Cleese's Q back in to do uh, these are your best gadgets from 60 years so, yeah. yeah yeah we've got Kleb's f- shoe still why <laughs> <laughs> yeah still got Kleb's shoe yeah I'm looking forward to the oh, we talked about the music already uh, yeah. hearing Hans Zimmer's score I wonder if he'll take any old cues from any old uh, John Barry scores. I always like it when they do that. Mm. And uh, just like the mix of Bond girls, in inverted commas, I think sounds like it's going to be interesting this time. Um, Bond women. The Bond women, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it looks like it's, especially with Phoebe Waller-Bridge writing, I think there's a potential there for them to be a lot more. I know they say this every single time that, you know, they're not unlike the ones that yeah. come before them, but... Um, It'd be good to yeah, see. there's always there's always a, it always looks positive. What was the um, it was in uh, Mark O'Connell's book? He starts talking about on every single red carpet at the start of every single Bond film, the Bond girl says, "I'm really pleased that I'm suddenly playing a strong, independent mm-hmm. uh, counter um, Bond character." And it, by the end of it, they're not really like that, and it always happens. So it'd be it'd be refreshing if in this one it didn't happen like that. But yeah, it's not really happened much in the Craig films anyway, has it? Possibly Quantum. No, I think um, Quantum. I think Camilla's quite. Uh, oh, she was pretty. She didn't. She didn't even sleep with him, did she? At the end. No. Why should she? She was mm. quite strong-willed. I thought she was. I think she's yeah. one of the better Daniel Craig Bond girls, to be honest. Um, yeah, she was just a an ally, wasn't she? She wasn't even a love interest. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we so have definitely. Yeah. We haven't seen a, a, a Bond woman in a bikini on an oil rig uh, in the Craig era, so I don't think we will. I think we can. I think we're safe. Maybe Blofeld can fill that one, <laughs> or Remy Malik. Uh, so, talking about it being Daniel Craig's final Bond film, is it going to be a fitting send-off? What are your hopes for his era coming to an end? I think they're going to have to do a hell of a lot to be a fitting send-off. What do you mean? Would you think they'll end it like as as bring his tenure to a, an official close, unlike they've ever done for any of the other uh, the other the other James Bonds? I I have a, I have a thought that they're going to treat this very differently than other Bonds, and they might even he might even die at the end mm. as like a closure to the whole series and say this is a neat little package. It's not a continuation, and then they can start again fresh and reboot it as, instead of having this sort of continuation concept. I, I also wouldn't be surprised if they killed Bond. Mm. This is the one where I'd, I'd, I'd watch it and if it happens, I would accept It'd it. certainly make the history, wouldn't it? Yeah. It'd certainly make the papers and yeah. get a little bit of interest around it. I don't think you can end a studio blockbuster like this with the main character dying at the end. I just don't think 
it can happen. From what I understand, though, Danny Boyle toyed with the idea of killing Bond off. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's why is that one of the reasons he got, yeah. got they got rid of him. Who right? no, no one knows. I don't no think, knows. or at least yeah. if this. But if I would, I would say that I would say that in if they hadn't done Spectre, because Spectre was basically the ending of his Bond mm. thing, and he retired and he went away and just had a normal life. So they've shot the load with that one. They can't do that again because it's it's going to look stupid. They've got to do something else, and it's got to be big. You can't just like be a trainer at the you know MI six or anything. It's got to be a big ending, and it's got to really because they know it's his last one now. He's not going to come back after this, so it's got to be big. Not until Kevin McClory comes calling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> remake Thunderball. Yeah, with Daniel Craig. I'd love that. I'd bloody love that. I yeah what is the ending I mean we just don't know do we we'll, we'll find no. out very soon I'm excited to find out what they what they do yeah. but it would be it's a worry yeah it's a it's a big worry for me it's it's there's almost like I can't think of anything that they could do that would work at this point but with um a Spectre it was sort of ambiguous because doesn't he just drive off with Madeline Swan in the car yeah after mm-hmm. Blofeld's captured and it's sort of insinuated yeah. that he's leaving the service Whereas in this hmm. film, we could they could the way to end it would be if they're going to do that is to show him in retirement and enjoying his peaceful life, living at Golden Eye hmm. or wherever he's going to end up living, played um, by Pierce Brosnan. Well, there's going to be there's going to be some <laughs> Here we there's going to be some deaths at the end, isn't there? It's not. Don't I knew this? Was they do happen. a flash forward. They do twenty years later, and, and it's it, Brosnan. Brosnan living in Hawaii, and then forty years later, and it's Lazenby. <laughs> Why not? Just keep, just keep doing it. <laughs> that would be interesting. What yeah, would he- I think. I think it's a, it's a. I can't think of any uh, what he could do, but I, I'm, there's going to be lots of bad stuff that happens. Like a couple of the main characters are going to die. Maybe Madeline Swan. Maybe M, some of the other one. Maybe M. All this sort of stuff. But it's got to be a big ending. It's got. It's got to be a sad ending. I think. I don't think. So. I just don't think that they will leave the franchise on a sad note because they they want people to come back for the next one. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's not but, just yeah. going to be somebody dies and that's it and you go oh that's sad it's going to be like some poignant that he actually say he did die it's going to be like he wanted to die like he had to to do something and he or like a sacrifice did, did mm. sacrifice and the new 007 becomes uh, the new um, agent becomes a new 007 in this arc or something like that and he's 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 done that for her or she saved him or whatever but it's going to have some sort of poignant ending I think interesting or it could just end and it will say James Bond will return and we're back to square one yeah mm. yeah what else is there to say about the film before we wrap things up well I, I was I was thinking about this we've talked about what we're expecting and we've talked about what what we're excited about and this sort of stuff but if all of this stuff you didn't know all of this stuff and you somebody said to you like what would you, what would you want from the last Craig Bond film what would make you happy how do you think it should end a way that you think would work well I've, like I said I think I think it would be seeing Bond in retirement I think uh, he's done his active du- he's done his duty for Queen and Country and he's earned his peace and he's just living out his days sunbathing yeah dive in what about the film do you think the film should be all action do you think it should be like really exciting all the time do you think there should be a lot of depth to it and a lot of storyline and a lot of like cleaning up loose ends all that sort of stuff I think they've created a lot of loose ends, so they probably do need to clean anything up that they've left. Hmm. But so I, I think the opposite. I think I, I think this film should 
not be complicated. I think they've made it very complicated, especially with Spectre. This whole story arc has got so many weird plot points in it and so many missing bits. I think this last one, we, it, I mean, it's not going to be because it's two hours and 40 minutes long. There's going to be a lot of convoluted storyline elements to it. But for me, what would make me happy is a really simple, clear, non-complicated storyline that just works and just ticks a lot of boxes and people just enjoy. So that the taste you've got in your mouth at the end of the series is, I loved the last one. I thought it was great and I just had a great time in the cinema. Not loads of like plot holes that people start writing articles about and go, well, he never did this and he said this about this. Doesn't matter. Just make it nice and simple and clear. You want another Goldfinger, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, so, no, I don't think it should end on Goldfinger, but I think it should end on... I mean, you want, a, like, you want a type of film that's like Goldfinger, that's like, has got pace, has got all the elements that you want. It's got... Yeah. Uh, and like with that, like, I, I can just see from these trailers that the Madeline Swan stuff is going to be complicated. The Blofeld stuff is going to complicate it more. And I just just don't think it needs it. I don't, it just don't overcomplicate it. Make it nice and clear and simple and enjoyable. Might be too late for that now by the sounds of it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've got I've got something I want to ask. It's just a, a a moving forward post No Time to Die. How do you think Craig will treat his tenure as Bond going forward once he's not Bond? Will he will he treat it more as a, a, a of a as a Brosnan or a Connery? Oh, interesting question. How I think it depends on this film. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I think if if this if this if this film is great. And it finishes off the story well, and it leaves a lovely taste in everyone's mouth. And everyone goes, Craig's era was fantastic. It started great, mm. it finished great. There were a few blips along the way, but it was a great series. I think he'll come back and be really proud of it. I think if it leaves a sour taste and people say, could have been so good, and it ended up with a second Spectre, then he's not going to want to talk about it. Because all the interviews that he does and all the people say, oh, nobody liked the last Bond film they didn't like Spectre it's going to become an albatross that is above him that he doesn't like but if it's great it's going to be I mean, Roger Moore the, all the way the, the albatross ship has sailed because he's he's done it for so long he's done it for the longest seven, uh, was 15, 16 years yeah um, but you, know, you, could, you can see how if everyone loves this film the press will that be the press will love him. The press will just be doing interviews of how good it is. If it's not a good film, the press will be obsessed with it being bad and him not being a great Bond and articles about him like being the fourth best Bond and all these kind of things. If it's good, he will. I think he'll be happy with it and I think it's he'll be proud of it. But it's, it just all rests on this film. I think. I think. I don't think there's ever been a Bond series that an actor's done that the last film has left it in such a sort of balancing state as the Craig era. Yeah, I, just thinking back to when we did the, the Daniel Craig episodes, just the one thing that sort of really sticks out is is how um, how private he is. I think we'll get mm. someone who is sort of a Timothy Dalton-esque character. I think once he's wrapped up with No Time to Die, I imagine he'll do the press tour. He'll probably do some stuff for the DVD release, possibly. Mm. But I think he'll see his Being James Bond documentary, which when you listen to this will be out on Apple. I think he'll probably see that as the his full stop on the series, at least mm. for the foreseeable future. I can't see him yeah. becoming a brand ambassador in the way that Roger Moore did. Um, yeah. No, no, he's definitely not going to do that. But, but if you look at the, 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 the Craig era of films, there are much higher quality series of films and it's a legacy 
that he's going to do really well after this. He's going to get loads of other films. He's going to get great films. Roger Moore never got great films after Bond. He just did like fun films after that. But Craig can go on to do all these amazing things. And I think you're right. I don't think he he's going to have other stuff to do. He's not going to be a Bond stalwart who's using that all his Bond time and going to present about Bond and talking about it. He's got other things to do. It's not like Moore and Lazenby who, you know, they're, they're Bond all the way. They'd, they'd spent years talking about Bond afterwards. I, I think we'll f- you, you'll find that um, the one that was the previous Bond almost goes sort of on retreat, right? Like we haven't really seen Brosnan do a huge amount around Bond. Like he did yeah. that GQ watch along for GoldenEye. But I expect mm-hmm. yeah. he'll be front and centre. Hopefully he'll be front and centre in the 60th anniversary celebrations. And that means Daniel Craig yeah. will be able to take a back seat and just sort of enjoy not being James Bond for a long period of time. He's got yeah. the Knives Out yeah. films to look forward to. And I think that will keep him busy and also will make him very, very rich. And so then he, yeah. he's in a position where he can do like a Sean Connery and just forge himself a really interesting post-Bond mm. career. Yeah, because he has got, as we discussed in his episodes, he's got the classical training where yeah. someone mm. like Pierce Brosnan didn't perhaps. And then the thing with Dalton is that Dalton never got the global acclaim and recognition because, you know, he sort of went under scene in America. And I think that was really crucial for Dalton's legacy. Um, he's continued to have a decent, decent ish acting career. But I think Daniel Craig is poised to have a, possibly a Sean Connery-esque because he just got a great yeah. look for a character actor and he was a great character actor before he did Bond, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think at the age he is but now, is this, this is the age that really great parts for men are written. Yeah. And he, he is like Connery and that Connery's film series were classed as good films. They were classed as amazing films at the time. Like over that whole period, he made some brilliant films and, and, and people look back at them and they go, they were phenomenal. I think that would be the same with Craig. People will look back at Craig's films and go, Casino Royale is a classic. It's like people look back at it and go, it's a fantastic film. Not many people, people who are Bond fans like Roger Moore's films, but people who aren't Bond fans don't look back and go, that was an amazing film. They just go, Roger Moore did a series of fun Bond films. But I think he's definitely going to be a Sean Connery style one where he's made good films. Yeah, and we're not going to wait long to find out. So this has been a fun episode to record. Um, like I said, we'll try and record another one around No Time to Die for the t- to time with the release of the film in North America. But after this episode, we'll be going back to usual service. So you will expect to hear another episode talking about Diamonds Are Forever. Then we've got Die Another Day, um, a couple of episodes on that. And then I think the film will be out, No Time to Die. So mm. then we can return and talk some more about that. Hopefully. Hopefully. But people can email the show if they like. Uh, where can they get us on? Podcast at jamesbond8z.co.uk. And Brendan, how do people find us on social? At jamesbond8z on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Oh, just something I wanted to give a shout out before we go as well is that Brendan and I were on the Cinema Savvy YouTube channel very recently talking about Die Another Day. And so if you've enjoyed our podcast, then go over to there and have a have a have a watch of that, because um, that was quite a fun episode to record, I thought, Brendan. Yeah, yeah, it was. And it was uh, it was nice to 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 be on something where it's it's quite even evenly matched, wasn't it? Between the four of us across the board in terms of what we thought of the film. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
it was a nice mixture of uh, opinions on it. it it was yeah it was a lot of fun to yeah. record so that's like i think that's the third one we've done now but um yeah go and have a watch of that um they're really good fun and they're doing oh. videos every week until no time to die and then some after as well so uh yeah go check them out cinema savvy i've got a quick shout out as well go on only not one that's particularly exciting but i'm on holiday at the moment in croatia and i've just read mark o'connell's book finally and it's fantastic absolutely loved it really enjoyed it um so if you want a funny read it's it's brilliant but it's so insightful on the series of bond as well so well worth a read on that one yeah seconded Right, well, that's it for the James Bond A to Z podcast. James Bond uh, A to Z will return next week. Thanks a lot. Ciao. The James Bond A to Z podcast features Tom Butler, Brendan Duffy and Tom Wheatley. The podcast was produced by Tom Wheatley with music by Tom Ingemels and artwork supplied by Helen Dolly. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.